Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. For those that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners out there, which we may well do, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about, and then we give ourselves just a week to read and research all about it, with the idea being that we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. Now, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yep, right. Let's get on with this week's topic, which was my choice. And I called it one thing last week, and we have since realised it should be called something else. So this week's topic is container shipping. All right, Ollie. Container shipping was my choice because I've watched Captain Phillips and it got me proper interested. What are your thoughts or what did you know about container shipping beforehand? Well, if people listened last week, I found it quite funny that that was a topic that you suggested in the first place. And I need to do a spoiler alert because this turned out to be way more interesting than what I was expecting it to. So I think people will actually find this really interesting and they'll have a a new topic that they'll be able to talk about. I knew nothing about this beforehand. And yeah, it's been super interesting. How about you? Anything yeah. else other than Captain Phillips? No, well, the thing is, I didn't really know anything about it till I watched Captain Phillips. And then I was like, oh, right, this looks, you know, as you're watching something, I, I wanted to pick my phone up and Google, how big is that boat? How many containers are on that boat? Yeah. Uh, piracy, is that is that common? How do they get them from one place to another? You know, that, how, where, who even invented them? That sort of thing. And yes. I, you know, that's just something I've Googled. But that's like the whole point of our podcast is Definitely. like, let's, let's teach people that stuff. And, and again, we're very likely just going to scratch the surface here and we're going to end up with probably more questions than we, you know, than we started with. But let's get into it and see if we can teach some people some stuff, shall we? Sounds good to me. And one of the first things that I looked at is just before we get into the container shipping is that shipping has been around for like years and years. It's been around for thousands of years and it's one of the oldest industries that were that are out there just for people on boats moving something from one place to another and then figuring out they could sell it to other people. Yeah, like every topic we seem to do, it, it all started years ago, right? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But to begin with, though, like, so when you go back then, eventually somebody realised it wasn't that efficient, didn't they? Like, like just how they went about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was a, a chap who came up with an idea that he thought, yeah, we could make this way more efficient. And didn't he look into a few different variations of what they could originally do before he then stumbled upon what we know as the modern container? Yeah. So he ran a freight company and he realized that people used to ship stuff and, and it would all be shipped one thing at a time. So if I wanted to send you three things, those three things would separately be put on a boat and then one at a time taken off the boat. Now, that's just on a really small scale. If you think how, how big some boats were back then, that's so inefficient. So he realized, well, actually, I've got a freight company. It might be quicker if I just drive the lorries straight onto the boat. Yeah. So the first thing he tried, they're called trailer ships. So that his plan was, right, I'll just load my lorry up with whatever I want to go from here to there, and I'll just drive it straight onto a boat. But he realized that, obviously, the cab of the, the, the lorry, and, you know, it's not really designed for doing that. You can't put one on top of the other. Uh, there's lots of dead space on the boat. Yes, 
So he actually then decided and came up with what we now know as the modern container. And the person who did this was someone called Malcolm McLean. And he invented it in 1955. The maiden voyage of it was in 1956. And it's a super efficient way of just handling mass amounts of goods, moving them from one one place to the other. And it absolutely revolutionised the way of, of modern shipping. Yeah, well, the global economy, everything. Like, So what, what you've got to remember is, uh, uh, so he came up with a plan. He, his plan was, well, if I just made a big box and, and you know, I put my three things inside a box and then when it gets to the the wherever it's going they've only got to lift that one box up and all my three things have gotten to you already at this point it was only him yes and he needed everybody else to do it so he's, he's got this great idea for a container and he's converted like one of his lorries so his lorry can take the container on its flatbed at the back but it's no use him doing it if he's the only one doing it so he did something pretty nuts didn't he yeah he, he came up with this design where the way that they can then interlock together and they had these external corners so if you look at those containers that you now see on these huge enormous ships they've got um, these external corners which make it really easy to stack and to lift them and to then place other containers on top of them almost like lego bricks yeah yeah but he he knew he he could make money off this but he couldn't make money unless everybody else was doing it so he took his patent and he just Gave it up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he decided that that was the best way to then get this adopted and to get everybody uh, on board with using this idea. And Liam, this is, I know you said this a couple of weeks ago about one of our, our facts, but this is definitely a hold on to your socks moment. 90% of the world's commodities are carried on ships. Yeah, th- this literally changed the world because what he gave up his patent because what he needed to do, he needed Every lorry, every crane, every train, every um, dockyard, everything in every country of the world to be standardized. Because, and that is what it, that's what's happened, hasn't it? All yes. the locks on all the, it's not just a size container, it was the whole thing about the container, the locks on the container, um, the language on them, everything. Yes. But by doing that, the whole world opened up because suddenly everybody could just ship stuff to everybody else which is absolutely crazy. And so that's where that that stat of 90% of the world's commodities are carried on ships, which is nuts. That, that's, that, that's stuff we buy, eat, drink, use, build with, yeah. everything. Yeah. 90% and, of it. And I, I thought more, more mind-blowing than that, I think you skipped over that just slightly there. This didn't happen until like the middle of the 50s. <laughs> So okay. these containers that you're seeing around, like yeah. you sk- I'm sure you skip that way quick. That's like 65 years or something. Like that is so recent. Like yeah. these look like they've been around forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do. They they last about 30 years each of these containers that they have in place, and approximately there are about 20 million containers traveling across the oceans at any given time, which is yeah, again, mental. These, these numbers that we're talking about are absolutely massive. So we should probably mention the containers then. The containers themselves, the ones you, you've seen them on the backs of, if you start looking for them, you'll realise that the, a lorry pulling, like you think it's the trailer, but it's yes. not. It's a container sitting on a flat bit. And it's not until you look at it, you realise, oh, that's just one container. These are standard around the whole world. They are eight feet wide, eight and a half feet tall, and either 
20 feet long or 40 feet long. Now, if you see the big ones on the back of a lorry, that would be a 40 foot one, the one that looks like the whole trailer of the lorry. Yeah. If you sometimes you see the ones that are sort of sitting in the middle of the flatbed and it looks like they've got a trailer that's too big to carry the container. Yes. That's a 20 foot one. But generally they are flipping everywhere when you drive down the road. We were researching this and I drove down the motorway the other day and I couldn't stop seeing them. <laughs> and they've, they've got a specific name, haven't they? They're, they're called a T-E-U, which stands yeah. for... Um, it's also known as a 20 foot equivalent unit. Yeah. So, and they use that to, um, that's like a measure of size for the boats, how many TEUs they can take. So how many 20 foot equivalent units? So that is how many 20 foot containers can a ship take? Now, most of the containers are actually the 40 foot ones. So a single TEU would be one 20 foot unit, but a 40 foot um, container is two TEUs. It's like, you know, it's two bits, two yeah. of the short ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found um, I found something interesting about just these containers and about there's so many of them that are traveling around. We're saying 20 million at any given point of, of being shipped around the world. But they sometimes do fall off ships, don't they? Yeah, they have like, yeah, a few thousand every year will fall off a ship. I think only in November last year, there was a boat outside of Japan um, like eight, it was called the one, one Apus. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It lost just over 1800, just went over in a storm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they do fall in and sometimes they float. Yeah. I was, I was reading that they, they don't actually sink. So even though they're, they're, you know, they're big, they're made of metal and they're super durable, super heavy. You need cranes to lift them, of course. But sometimes because of what their cargo is inside of them, it actually means that they, they don't sink or they don't sink immediately. It can take them a number of weeks to sink. Yeah, so, yeah, they they weigh about seventeen tons. Yeah, so you know, for that not to sink, it must be full of a lot of, I don't know, whatever floats like like balloons, boilers, <laughs> <laughs> carrying it's just carrying a, a, a whole load of armbands. Um, yeah, and an, another fact about the containers is that nearly every single one of them are made in China. Over ninety seven percent of all containers are made in China because China ships so much stuff out then it makes more sense for them to just make them and then fill them up and send them away. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And also that the labor so cheap in China that it just makes sense. Yeah. For them to be produced there to keep the cost low. Um, but yeah, definitely. Cause they're sending out so much stuff from China, make them there, send them on them boats and, and get all their goods. You, um, you see a bunch of names on the side of the containers, don't you? If you've seen them going down the motorway um, and they, they tend to be the, the big companies who, who yes. do this. So, so these containers changed the world. They, they literally opened up the world of like mass world, you know, the world economy because of it. Um, and a couple of the biggest companies are, did you write them down? The two biggest yeah, companies? I, so the biggest is Maersk, which is, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the second largest I read about was MSC. Is that the yeah, name? the Mediterranean Shipping Company. Yeah, but they're Maersk, both accounts for about 20 percent of anything that's shipped around the world yeah that's big isn't it they've got about 700 ships they they've got a capacity of just over 4 million 20 foot containers at any one time Um, and then the mediterranean shipping company can send just under 4 million and they've got about 600 ships but yeah these two companies are making billions of pounds shipping Um, do you think liam it would probably make sense if you were to do a topic expert interview to have somebody from Maersk to be able to talk to about this. Mate, wouldn't that be cool? If you're listening to this podcast on, say, Tuesday, and you think, I would love to hear an expert talk about this on Friday, 
what if that expert was the senior <laughs> vice president of Mesk? <laughs> Spoiler alert, that might well be happening. Spoiler alert, we have got an amazing interview on Friday. So <laughs> set your alarm to 4am Friday when it releases. <laughs> so nice, Ollie. Well done. Well crowbarred in. So we've talked about the containers, how they've actually changed the world, the actual container themselves. What about the boats then, the actual ships? Well, so, these boats thing, are enormous, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's mind-boggling. You know, just Google right now. Get your phone out and just Google container ship or, or biggest container ships. Have a look at the Two Guys, One Topic Instagram, at Two Guys, One Topic. We'll put a picture up there to try and show you the scale of how big they are because we won't do it justice just talking about it now. They are absolutely enormous, aren't they? Yeah, so- the biggest one at the minute is called the Ever Ace. And there's only one of them of this, of this, um, these dimensions, but they are all, aren't they? They're very much, much of a muchness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when we're talking, you know, the, the biggest one is officially, it's like 400 meters long and about 61 and a half meters wide. Yeah. But they are all within centimeters of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You're pretty much talking, yeah, 400 meters long. So for the American listeners, you know, four American football fields, you're talking eight Olympic swimming pools. And I try and put this into some sort of context, like how long yeah. these are. Um, and then in theory, they can carry up to 24,000 containers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are absolutely vast. And all of them, though, they're all sort of at the minute, they're all, they're all hitting a limit of how big they are. At the minute, they can, they can take about, when you look at them, there are about 10 containers high above deck, and then there will be eight below deck. There are about 23 or 24 containers wide, and there'll be about 24 containers long, these yep. um, boats. That's the sort of size we're talking, which is pretty nuts. They're, they're sort of hitting a point, aren't they, where they, they can't actually get much bigger yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's down to not the boats, because the bigger the boats are, the bigger the economies of scale. So by by making a boat bigger, it means you can carry more and then it works out better in terms of the fuel consumption and everything, moving things along. So you get massive economies yep. of scale by, by moving things along. And just by making a boat bigger, because of the how sophisticated they are and the computers and everything on them, you then don't need loads of people to run them. Like some of these enormous boats have only like 13, 15 people, crew members. But the yeah. biggest thing that is stopping them from going any bigger is the rest of the infrastructure around it, isn't it? It's the ports being able to cater for it. Yeah, totally. It's just the logistics of everybody. Everything needs to get bigger at the same time. So typically, these really, really big boats, they go to really, really big ports. Um, the, the two biggest, most busiest ports in the world are Shanghai and Singapore. But these, um, these ports, they have berths, like car park spaces, essentially, where the boats pull up. <laughs> and they are enormous they are, car park spaces <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they, they can take three 400 meter boats but they can't that, like that's it so as soon as these boats get bigger than 400 meters or longer than 400 meters they can now only take two boats yeah yeah because they can't fit a third one in behind does that mean so, th- does that mean if there's two already does someone have to parallel park in the middle between yeah, the, the front that. and back yeah, ones. But as well as that, you know, let's say they kept it 400 meters, but they made it wider. The yeah. cranes, the, even the biggest cranes, can only reach out about 25 containers wide. Yeah. Because, you know, they're sitting at the port 
and they, they can go out about 25 containers. They're like 135 meters high as well, these cranes. They're enormous. Yes. But, you know, unless the ports get bigger and the cranes get bigger, the boats can't get bigger. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. Like, theoretically, you can make a boat as big as you want. It'll float. But it ain't going to. You know, another thing, and um, we'll talk about this in a minute, I guess, is the, the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal. Right. They're a big deal. Yes. So the, the other thing is, like you were saying about just the limiting factors isn't the boat and you can make something big and it, it will float. It's that the, the other infrastructure around it, the ports, they need to keep on dredging to make sure that these boats can clear the bottom of the port that they're coming yeah. into. But it's also stuff like the Suez Canal, the Panama Canal, that the boats can actually fit along it. So some of the biggest boats in the world at the moment, they can't get through the Panama Canal, can they? And there's a the, the largest boat that can do is called a Panamax. Well, it's called a new Panamax because okay. the Panama Canal, the Panama Canal made themselves bigger. So that there's a boat called the Panamax, which is like the original biggest boat that could go through the Panama Canal. Then the Panama Canal made itself bigger. So now there's the new Panamax, which is the bigger version. But it can only take a 366 meter boat, like lengthwise, and yeah. a 51 meter boat widthwise. So yeah. these enormous ones we're talking about cannot go through the Panama Canal. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, talking about running aground, everybody very likely has heard about the boat ran aground very recently, the Ever Given, um, which ran aground in the Suez Canal. You might notice that I just said the largest boat in the world is called the Ever Ace. That yeah. is the same company. So the same company, the company, this is well confusing, the company is called Evergreen. <laughs> so they, they've got a bunch of boats. Listen to this. There's one called the Ever Given, the one that ran aground. They've got a boat called the Ever Globe the ever goods, the ever genius, the ever gifted. Like they've got a strange naming procedure. <laughs> talk, yeah, talk. It, ran aground, it ran aground in the Suez Canal. So, you know, if your boat isn't, is too big or somebody can't drive it. Yeah, got trouble, yeah, exactly. Right? But shipping, e even though these ships are as big as they are, they are still the most, most efficient way, cost-effective way of transporting goods because otherwise you'd be firing everything on planes, which obviously would, would take forever trains you know they're they're pretty rigid in where they can go to and and lorries just aren't going to cut it in terms of being able to do that mass transportation so they've, they've just been getting bigger and bigger and then they've, they're absolutely enormous i was reading about their engines they're like a thousand times more powerful than like an average family car like they're absolutely wow. <laughs> enormous these these engines and continually they're trying to improve them and make them more efficient as well and be more carbon efficient do you know why they don't tip over or what they do to stop them? Because I thought, well, they, why don't they just tip over? Did you read no, anything about this? No, I didn't. I put you on the spot. I got the answer, so don't worry. <laughs> they fill themselves up with water. So they've got, they've got something called anti-roll tanks. So in the bottom of the boat, okay. depending on how they've loaded them with the containers, and that in itself, I tried to get a simple way of answering that question. How do they know which one's which? That's to do with something called a stowage plan, and it's like some computer algorithm to work out what's going where and when is tells them how to load the boat okay because obviously if it's if the boat is making three stops but your stuff is coming off last it's got to go on to the boat first and be yes. at the bottom yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and that's really complicated but anyway i digress that, that makes sense in terms of that loading as well when when they originally came up with the container ships and making it more efficient i was reading that it used to be if you had if you had like a seven day um, journey that you'd be doing, you'd probably spend seven days up front loading your boat up. You'd have your seven day journey and then seven days unloading it as well, yeah. which is just a super 
inefficient way of working. And so yeah, they can unload these ships in about a day, can't they? Yeah. So by by having this, you know, special interlocking way that they can stack and stack them up like Lego bricks, um, it's just sped up that process where you can do it in yeah, like a, a 24 to 36 hours to stack up these massive boats. And if you look on an empty container ship and the inside, it's got like the pillars where you can slot things into place really easily, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard to explain. I, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll use my, my thing I used last week. Imagine turning a table upside down. Yep. And so you've got four legs sticking up and then dropping a container in that was perfectly tight to those legs. So it held it in space in place. Yeah, might be. a. I might explain it. <laughs> <laughs> and then talking about these, the, the boats and how huge they are, that they've got these engines, you know, a thousand times more powerful than a, than an average family car. They don't really travel all that fast. So they're only ever going somewhere about 23 knots, which is their max, which is the equivalent of about 26 miles an hour at their peak. That's about as fast as they can get. But more realistically, they're, they're going 17 knots. So they're going under 20 miles an hour to go all these thousands and thousands of miles. So it's quite important then that they go through the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal. So one of the things I then went into was, we've mentioned it a couple of times now, what exactly is the Suez Canal and what exactly is the Panama Canal? Because it turns out they are both almost exactly the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. They yeah, do exactly. the same job. Do you want to okay? start off by just saying, like, where is the Suez Canal? Right. If you look at a picture, the Suez Canal is, like, top right of Africa. Yeah. And what it means is it means you can not go around the bottom of Africa, basically. It's a little, little canal a little, you know, it starts as a sea and turns into a river and then turns into a little canal. And you just basically, you go through the very top of Africa by Egypt um, and you end up in the, I want to say Red Sea. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going from north to south, you go from the Mediterranean Sea through the Suez Canal and then you get into the Red Sea. And it's not particularly long. So the it's only 120 miles long, the Suez Canal. Yeah. But what it's doing, as exactly as you said, it's, it's avoiding you from going around the Cape of Good Hope, which is the very bottom of Africa, of Africa. below yeah. South Africa. And you're, you're saving yourselves in terms of like nautical miles going through that. You're saving yourself, I don't know, like 7,000 nautical miles. Yeah, like, which can take weeks. It, you know, that's... That's a lot of time. And the Panama Canal is almost exactly the same. It's right at the very top of South America. And it means you can, like, if you wanted to go from, say, New York to L.A., you'd go down America. Then you go through the Panama Canal without having to go around Brazil. And you go through the Panama Canal and then back up the other side. And they're, they're both sort of doing almost the same job. The Suez Canal is much more busy, isn't it, than the Panama Canal? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a really, really popular shipping route. So if you think if you're going from like London or Rotterdam or somewhere and you're going over to India or going down to the Arab Gulf or what have you, or going over to China, you want to be going through the Suez Canal because it, it saves yes, yeah, so much time. You can, you can save like 14 days rather than going round the bottom of the, the. And all the money associated with doing that, you know, it's like, <clears> it's not, so, it's not just time. Time is money. Yeah, but you say that. So the authorities, the the Suez Canal Authority, they know that you're saving a lot of time and a lot of money. The boats that that we're talking about, they're so enormous that they burn up so much fuel. Like it's it's 
incomprehensible like how much fuel they're building they're burning up and how yeah. many thousands of you know tens of thousands it's costing them a day to be to be running but the yeah so the the, the Suez Canal Authority they generate 5.6 billion in revenue a year by boats going through the Suez Canal and there's a toll so it's like you know any of your, your regular toll with your car oh, where yeah. you've got to travel through somewhere the toll yeah, to go through it there's a real complicated um, algorithm what they use like the size of the boat the weight that you're going through it but you're looking at roughly to use that 120 miles is about $350,000. I went really quiet then because I didn't actually know that fact when we pre-discussed this I didn't know <laughs> that answer so I, I was like hanging on your every word then. <laughs> 350 grand. Wowzers. So they know they know that you're funny. saving a whole load of money and time by taking it through. 30% of container traffic goes goes through the Suez Canal. Nearly, nearly a third of all container ships and all containers go through the Suez Canal. And 12% of everything goes through there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. And if you're saving that amount of time, so if you think if you're carrying perishable items, so if you've got bananas on board or fruit or whatever it is that you, you need to have transported, and it just makes more sense for you to then travel through the, the Suez Canal or the, the Panama Canal instead. So something I went on to quite nicely from this, actually, um, and it, one of the things I did want to find out about, the Suez Canal, to get to it, you do have to go past Somalia. Now, having watched Captain Phillips, I did want to read about not necessarily just Somalian pirates, but piracy in general. Like, does it happen? Um, so the problem is, obviously, you've got to go past Somalia to get into the Suez Canal, right? Which means you do have to encounter from time to time piracy. Or modern day piracy. And this this modern day piracy, these aren't your swashbuckling pirates that you used to get, you know, on the on the high seas from years and years ago. These are much more organized, like an organized crime unit behind them where they'll actually have investors. So that the way that they do it is that there'll be people who'll be like the, the gang leaders and they will front the the investment to get the boats and the guns and everything else that they need up front. And then they'll have, you know, even an army of negotiators and people who will be yeah. you know running the operation for when they need it um and they they send people off to attack the boats yeah and that's essentially it isn't it and then they they take the boat hostage and they ask for a, sometimes they strip the boat of cargo um but sometimes they also you know ask for a ransom and it isn't just somalia there are other places where it happens around the world so uh, the, the, the part of Somalia where it happens is called the Gulf of Aden or Aden, which is the area. Yeah. But it's essentially the Somalian coast. Uh, but well, it happens in, there's loads of places. It happens in Malaysia, happens in Guinea, starting to happen a bit more in um, the Caribbean. Yeah, there's, and there's, there's a, a reason for it in terms of if you look at Somalia, they are right towards the bottom of the list, if not the bottom of the list of their country's GDP or how much somebody earns in a year. So they, their earnings got nothing to lose. would be $104 in a year. And so yeah. by going out, the, apparently the average ransom ask is $2.7 million. So if you think, you know, yeah, yeah. do that instead, you know, if, if, if you haven't got great prospects where you are, then why not go out and try and get a huge bounty of getting a, yeah. a you know, a huge yeah, amount um, of, of money in one hit. But, if you they they look at it and they think here's this really slow moving 
dollar signs in front of their eyes. If it's yeah, full, yeah. if it's a full container ship and it's got and it's full of oil, that could be three million barrels of oil, which is worth like roughly on today's oil prices would be $175 million. So if you think, you know, you can take control of one of those, that's worth yeah. a lot of money to somebody for you to then be asking for a ransom for it. Yeah, same as the um the ever given, the the one that um was grounded in the Suez Canal. They reckon that boat had a value of goods on it of, of seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. So, you know, if you, someone's going to pay you two million to get that back, possibly, um, and they do the defence like they can they can um try and prevent it, and it is shown. Uh, but also, you know, I did some reading on it. It's true. They use um like hoses, don't they? So if you've not seen it. They don't have guns, you know, they don't protect themselves like that, but they do have like really powerful fire hoses all rigged up all along the boat to fire off the boat to stop people getting on the boat, don't they? Yeah, to prevent like, really pirates. Like, the boat. Yeah. yeah, if you're yeah. being sprayed by a, a hose, you're not going to be able to get on the boat. Um, they also try and speed up because um, the, the pirates tend to be on, on very small boats that, that aren't able to go as fast as uh, these big boats can when they put their foot down. So if, if yeah, they're, they're talking about these pirate attacks and it tends to be between four and 20 pirates will be going after a boat and you're talking like about 800 miles off the coast. So you're, you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, it's not easy to then try and get some support and some rescue for you. It's really low tech that the pirates are using their guns, but then they've got ropes and ladders and they're trying to clamber aboard your ship to then try and take someone hostage. And the number of these attacks that are going on is apparently one every other day. That seems to be happening. Yeah. So you know they are yeah, about real. Two hundred a year, isn't it? They are real. It is out there, and it is um, is taking place. Yeah, that's pretty grim reading. I, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to be on a ship when that happens. Um, but you know, we'll see. They will ask our expert about it and see their opinion. You know, don't I'm know. not too are sure they they'll, to tell they'll say because apparently all yeah. all of the shipping companies they they just say that they don't have a kidnap and ransom policy. Yeah, yeah. They don't have kidnap yeah. and ra- insurance. insurance. So I don't um, know if, if that will be a subject he'll want to talk to us about. So moving on, the last thing then really that I wanted to look at was, was like the future of container shipping because the thing they've got to deal with is, or one of the biggest issues is like greenhouse emissions and like cargo shipping is very bad for the environment, isn't it? About 3% of the global greenhouse emissions come from the shipping industry. Yeah. So it's a bit of an issue that they, they, they need to, deal with and there's a there's a new boat called the yara international or the yara something isn't it uh, yeah the, the yara birkland which is an interesting concept so yeah as you say the the shipping industry it gets a bit of a bad rep for how polluting it is but again compared to other ways of transporting stuff it is still the most carbon effective way of doing it but yeah, they, they keep on seeking to make their engines more efficient and they keep trying to make the, the boats more efficient aerodynamically, cutting through the water and try and reuse energy that it has. But this, this Yara Birkeland has gone one step further and it'll actually be the first fully autonomous electric container ship. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? That could almost be a takeaway. So it's in Norway. Um, it's in Norway and it's it's much, much smaller though. From what we're talking about, this isn't as big as the, the ship. So it's only 80 metres long, 15 metres wide, and it's designed to try and cut out about 40,000 lorry trips a year between different parts of Norway. So it's only going to be used for the time being for doing short 
65 mile or less trips around Norwegian ports. But it's seen as to be a really promising way of, you know, what the future of container shipping could be. And um, Maersk as well, and we'll we'll ask, uh, they've just ordered a bunch of carbon neutral ships as well. They cost about $175 million a piece. They've ordered eight of them to uh, try and reduce their carbon footprint. So we'll see. We might be able to learn a little bit about that next week or Definitely. later in the week could be on Friday won't it <clears throat> that's enormous yeah so, you're um, saying 175 million per ship yeah that's billions they've spent on a, or over a billion yeah um, I don't know we'll see but we've got a fantastic interview coming so I mean there's so much more that we could probably talk about this as a topic I've got loads of notes that we've not mentioned but you know keen to keep it relatively shorter than longer otherwise it would become nobody everyone will stop listening won't they <laughs> yeah super it, like i said at the beginning this turned out to be way more interesting than what i was expecting it to be have you got any um decent facts you're gonna hit us with a takeaway you got a little one thing you want someone to just remember yeah th- this was something that i found super interesting when i initially read it so my two guys one topic takeaway is coming back to how cheap it is to send things using shipping as a method and the example is that it's cheaper for Scottish cod to be shipped to China, which is about 10,000 miles away, have it filleted and prepared and then return to Scotland rather than pay Scottish workers to do the same job because it's cheaper to do so. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? I went with I went with looking at the size of the boats, trying to explain to somebody how big the boats are. So I got okay. a, I'll say two, because I can't decide, but they're both quite quick. Well, they're both very quick. Right, so these boats are enormous, right? They're so big. One, they could easily carry and transport the Eiffel Tower. That would not be any problem. If you could take okay. it down, they could, they could, you could crane it onto these boats. It would carry the Eiffel Tower, no problems. If you had to lie it down flat, it would carry it easily. Yeah, lie it down flat, it would lie on it, not a problem at all. Okay. Number two. Number two, these boats are big enough to transport a banana for every person in Europe. So every person, you could send one boat over to wherever, I don't know, wherever they get made in the Caribbean or something. If they had enough of them, you could ship back a banana enough for every person in Europe. And just on one boat. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brilliant. It. I like that. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So I guess that was my topic. So hopefully I picked that. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that. But that does lead us nicely because it is someone else's choice for next week. Bye. Yes. Yeah, it is. So Liam doesn't know what this is. And I was, I've been caught between a couple of topics, but there was one that, that sprung to mind after seeing it in the news only the other week, that there are robots that can do parkour now. And so what I want us to look into is robots and like the future use of robots with us as humans. Mm, interesting. Robots in the future. Okay. All right. No problems. Like Terminator, basically. Well, hopefully it'll be good stuff, but yeah, I'm sure some of that will come into it. All right. The future use of robots, as in as in helping humans, right? Hopefully, how, yeah. how robots are going to assist us. Yeah. Robots assisting humans, something like that. All right. Cool. So nice. On it. Um, yes, yeah, worth saying that next, next week is the listener choice episode. So if you're listening to this and you want to have a say on what we talk about, and it could be any, literally anything, hubcaps, um, get on <laughs> at two guys, one topic. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook or Instagram and just send us a message or leave us a comment about a topic that you might want us to uh, 
look into and we will likely take a few of our favourite choices and we'll have some sort of vote on Instagram like we did last time and uh, we'll end up with a listener choice episode won't we yeah yeah exactly so at two guys one topic Liam I've got to say thanks very much for picking this topic super interesting I hope other people have found it interesting as well and they feel like they've learned something listening to us I could definitely hold a five minute conversation with somebody about container shipping now and have some idea what they were talking about I reckon I could hold it for 10 minutes. But yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Get following us at Two Guys One Topic. We will speak to you soon. And it'll be a fantastic interview on Friday. So ears out for that. See you later. Get out there and share some knowledge. <laughs>